Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hipfire podcast. Today, we're going to be previewing the upcoming CDL Week 1 matches. So this is the first round of matches for Stage 1. Uh, it's very exciting to have the CDL back. I'm sure everyone listening is, is excited to see the pros play. It's been fun covering cover the amateurs for sure, and we will continue to cover the amateur scene as well, uh, even when the pro scene starts. But that being said, it is very nice having the pro scene back. Uh, it's, you know, we had a lot of roster changes, a lot of fun things happen, and, and now we get to see it finally in full effect. Uh, the, kickoff, the kickoff classic was a lot of fun, and if that's like, you know, a little teaser for what, what's to come, and, you know, I, I want to see like a bit of passion coming out of some players, and I want to see the trash talk on Twitter. It's going to be a good time. Um, but so what we thought we'd do is kind of share our highlight matches and players to watch and kind of give a, an overview and not get too specific yet. And then maybe on our reaction podcast after this weekend, we'll get more specific. But there's a lot of matches to cover, and I don't really think going through each one's that productive. So instead, we decided to select a few that we want to highlight. And the first one we want to highlight is obviously the first match that we're going to see, which is tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And it's going to be the Los Angeles Thieves versus the Rocker. So yes, why is this a highlight match? Uh, I think you just have two teams that when you look at their group uh, and, and who can really take that second spot behind Dallas, I think these are the two teams to point at. Um, I'm really curious to see how they will go up against each other head-to-head. Um, I know Rocker, we, we've talked about in the past, their S&D being a very strong point for them. And the Thieves, outside of scrims against Optic, we really haven't seen much from them um, so far. I mean, the kickoff classic, they kind of got beat down pretty uh, pretty handedly and uh, i didn't really get to showcase what they're capable of in my opinion um uh, so in this in this in the sense of the series i think it's really going to be curious to see a how far ahead the thieves really are if they are ahead of the rocker and um, what the rocker are capable of in respawn because you know against the ultra and the kickoff classic they didn't look too hot at times um especially in the hard points so uh, i imagine there's a point of contention that they've worked on so I, I think this is definitely going to be a close matchup. Uh, I'd expect it, you know, probably go map five. And uh, if in that case, I think will be quite the banger to uh, start the start the first week of the CDL on. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a close series. And I think it's interesting because the Rocker, I would imagine their strengths are in search, like we talked about before. And then the Thieves, it, sh- it should be fine in search, right? You got TJ, who back in World War II was probably one of the best search players in the game, if not the best. And, you know, the rest of the guys on that team are definitely not slouches in search at all. Like Kenny, Slash, and Temp, they're fine. Uh, so they should be a bad uh, S&D team. But against the Rocker, I, I kind of lean S&D for them in this series. And then Respawns, I, I want to lean towards the Thieves. Because Yas mentioned, like, Rocker against Toronto didn't look so great. But regardless, like, it's going to be a close series. I do feel like if it goes to Game 5, the Rocker could, could pull yeah. off. I guess it's an upset, right, if they beat the Thieves? I mean, on paper, you'd say paper. so, right? Okay, but yeah. I don't know if like, that's how the team's been playing. Again, like I haven't um, kept up with scrims as much uh, as I'd like to, considering we're, right. we're trying to cover this, the challenger scene as much. Um, but even then, based off one scrim, it's hard to tell how they're performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, th- th- I, think, I think that's one of the reasons why this is just so exciting, is that yeah. unlike years past, where we have an indication of what teams are looking like, this is the first year where or at least second year, I suppose, where we haven't seen much scrims besides optics. So, what teams are going to look like? Uh, oh. What teams are going to look like on open day is going to be quite interesting to see. Yeah, that's definitely get some good points there. So moving on, the next match is oh, is the last match. So starting with the first match, 
and the last <laughs> match, the last match is the Atlanta Faves versus Optics Chicago. Uh, obviously, this is a matchup we wanted all of last year, and we finally got it last, like at the very end, and it was a blowout, just <laughs> like so underwhelming. Yeah. Um, but we got it again, so we got Chicago versus Atlanta, and it's going to be a fun match. I think well, Florida seems like it seems like Chicago is is a bit ahead, but I mean they're they're pretty. I mean, the phase are no slouches. Like they're not going to be easily getting smoked. I don't think that like. I, I do think Optic is favored, but I don't think it's by that much. And it's just a nice storyline because it, without even like so. First of all, right, the first storyline is Optic versus Phase, which has been a thing like forever, right? And the second storyline is you got Arcides facing off against his former team, which is just like so much fun. Like it's it's a great match to have this early in the season. I'm glad we don't have to wait to the end of the year to see it. Um, but what are you excited about for this matchup, Yas? Um. Uh, everything in the sense of the word. I'm, uh, I mean, obviously, Alex playing his former teammates, so that should create a, an interesting storyline. Um, we saw a bit from Formal what he's capable of. I mean, it, it, from what it sounds like, this is the best Formal look since Infinite Warfare, and that's a scary thing to see because obviously, I mean, you take the seasons after you know Infinite Warfare, World War II, where you know there were times where he wasn't even on the main AR on his team, and he picked it up towards the end of the season. Black Ops Four being five v five, he was okay, not amazing. Um, last season, he had his his moments when he was the main AR, but now being in a four v four setting as the main AR and boots on the ground, um, he looks back to his roots and he's, he's frying. Um, I've been one of the strongest points on this optic roster, so watching him is going to be interesting to see. Um, I know Crone um, or CDL until he posted, uh, you know for. Uh, his rankings for the CDL paddle rankings rather uh, on how teams have looked and what the coaches have said collectively, what they think about the top teams. And they have phase second optic third. Um, I think like phase was 1.9 roughly. That was their average placement um, in the rankings. Optic was 2.5. So t- people oh, wow. expect these teams to be close. Um, although people favor phase. And I mean, we saw them in their matchup. They lost three, two to Florida. Granted, um, how much is a team like Fade's going to show in terms of their strats? Right. Um, it'll be something else to watch. But, I mean, I think this is an important matchup, too, when you think about it, because in terms of how, if I'm not mistaken, how the majors work, the team that finishes first gets uh, the bye, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, second so. and third get placed right into um, the playoff bracket, but first gets the bye. So that first spot is huge. So whoever wins that matchup could potentially take top spot in the group and eventually that buy, which could play really key later on in uh, the major. So that's definitely going to be a, a really important matchup later on. Yeah, that's a good point. I was so caught up in the storylines. I forgot that it's also just like a really important match in general. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Uh, so then our last match we, we chose to, to highlight is a bit more personal since uh, Yas <laughs> and I are, are both ultra fans, Yas more than me. And I'm also a big, big Florida fan, mostly because of the branding, to be honest. I just love the kits and love the color schemes and their Twitter's fire. Um, yeah. So I always lean towards them a little bit. But it also, it's also a good matchup on paper because I think both these teams have a ton of potential and a, ton, like a lot of really good slayers and good players. And I expect them to be able to compete with the top teams, even if they're not like you know ranked that highly. I do think that Florida, especially, I mean, again, it's a kickoff classic. I don't take too much into that. But they did look very good. Mm-hmm. And um, Ultra looked good in Respawn, which was a surprise. So it's actually going to yeah. be a really good matchup, I think. Because uh, if, if this matchup was, 
like let's say we didn't have the kickoff classic and like we didn't hear much what was happening in scrims and it was just like roster versus roster i'd expect florida to be pretty good in the dominant in the hard points yeah. and response right but based on what we saw with like how well Vance played specifically too i yeah. think it'll be a really close series in basically every game mode i don't think that one team has that much of an advantage i think if you if you want to say like maybe you know florida's a bit slayer heavy than than the ultra because skies is a bit more than methods but i think like overall very very evenly matched teams so you know there's teams that we we both like the teams and also i think it's a really good matchup uh but what are, what are you looking for in that matchup yes yeah, I think um, you know you hit the nail on the head with a lot of the aspects there. I think this matchup will be interesting. Um, uh, again, uh, I'm very curious to see how Ultra's S and D will look and mm-hmm. fare against Florida because, um, in particular, especially last year, that was their strong suit. You know, they weren't very consistent in respawn throughout the season, um, and that sort of hurt them at times. But when their respawn was was strong and Hardpoint in particular was strong, you know, they were taking series off all the top teams and. In that kickoff classic, their SD looked very poor. Bance wasn't having the greatest SD, neither was Cine. Um, and you know, you can't have two players, you know, having an off map in SD and expect to win them. So that is, I think, what the Ultra need to focus on and what it's gonna be interesting to see where um, their SD lies against a team like Florida, who I expect to be uh, a very strong SD team in their own right. Um, in addition, I mean, the eyes will be on a guy like Neptune against Florida, obviously, yep. with all the drama with Krim and you know, using ATS and whatnot, whether he used it or not. Um, you know, people are going to be watching his point of view, all of Florida's point of view, um, just to see, you know, like what this kid's capable of again, because we saw a bit of it at the kickoff classic, but this isn't real league match where the stakes are on the line. Um, everyone's going to be watching you. And uh, so I'm curious to see how he'll perform. Yeah, for sure. And for like for for Neptune too, it's it's a weird team to join because I feel like if you're a rookie and you join a team like you know Dallas when you have Krim and Clay there, you, you team with like more veterans, it might be a little bit easier. And in this case, you've got you know you got Mac, or not, not Mac, my bad. You got Awakening, who was obviously a rookie last yeah. year, so not much experience. You got Skies, who made his come up pretty recently as well. You know, best year being last year as well. And they got slacked. And slacked, he can be a good mentor. I don't think he, like, I think he genuinely can be. But in the past, he's had a history of, of um, being quite rough on rookies. So um, it's just kind of funny. I, I do think that if Slacked can, can kind of mature and, and show a bit of his leadership and to kind of lead this team, I, I'd be very looking forward to that because in terms of Florida having a leader, especially like in-game, to, to calm down, comms or to make a play or to call something out or to kind of take that leadership role i personally am looking towards slack to do that because he's had a ton of experience and he is very vocal like he's a vocal player so i don't think he's like he can't do that but um yeah so for me like with that team it's a lot of talent and then i want to see slack kind of rise up in the in the leadership role that's kind of where i see uh but yeah, yeah. definitely gonna be a fun matchup for sure um with that being said we're gonna go on to our players to watch so these guys we picked here uh, we're going to give our, our reasons for, but I mean, we could have listed like 20 of the people. These are just guys that we kind of are excited to see play. Um, but yes, yeah, so who is your, your first player to watch? Yeah, so Mac, I think, is going to be a very interesting player to watch. Um, obviously, at the kickoff classic, he didn't exactly have the series he was looking for. I'm just going to try and pull up the stats from that series. Now, obviously, um, he was put in a tough spot uh, on yeah. that roster, given that he had... Uh, the Zuma retirement 
you know, news. He had to switch from what he was going to play as a flex to a main sub now full time. And that, you know, was a shock to him. I mean, he dropped, you know, 0.72 in the first map. Uh, he was 8-8 eight and eight in Surge and Destroy. And then, you know, he had 26 and 26. So as the series went on, he started to perform better. But, you know, when New York was at their strongest last year was when Mac was slaying around with the sub, putting on pressure on the map. It looked like he was extremely um, dominant um, at times and was the, you know, real force behind New York's uh, respawn at, at times last year. And I think for this year um, in this you know, week. I'm really curious to see how he perform uh, now, having gotten more time and acclimated to that role as a full-time sub, uh, as opposed to where he had, you know, not as much time to prepare in the Dallas match. So, I'm very curious to see how they perform. I mean, that team in general, it will be very curious to see how they look uh, with more reps with Diamond Con, and um, you know, they haven't apparently looked the greatest. Um, but again, you know, with a guy like Hydra on the precipice, hopefully he comes over to NA very soon. I mean, we both hope that um, mm-hmm. uh, that'll turn that team's fortune around. But again, if I'm talking about players individually. Max, the guy that I'd like to see. But uh, who, who do you have uh, that you want to look at? Well, for me, I have TJ Haley as a guy that, that my first kind of player to watch because um, I, I was super high on TJ. Everyone was in World War Two. And he was like, especially the early, like first half of World War II, I'd say he was the best search player, like, hands yeah. down. Um, he was probably the best sub. Like he was very, very talented. And then we kind of saw his performances drop a little bit, like especially at an individual level. He didn't look that comfortable in Black Ops Four, and he was—I mean, he was fine. Like he's TJ Hale, like he's a good player, right? But then last year, obviously, it got even worse. And I just don't—I don't know what's going on because he's very, very talented. I don't think a player like him can really... I don't think you attribute it to him, his individual skill, basically, is what I'm saying. I think the skill is still there. It's just about finding the right team to play around. And I actually don't... I don't know if this is the right team. I'm not confident. Like I, I There's a lot of questions I have about the Thieves. But if he individually could step up and start having that star quality, like TJ Haley War 2 form, that I think this team can do really, really well and like take home championships convincingly. Because, like... Slasher's going to be fine. Kenny's looking better this year than last year. And Temp and TJ, this is like the thing. Like when they would, at IW, when they weren't old enough to play yet, they would talk about it all the time in eights. Like, I can't wait to get to play. And like, they, I know they wanted to play together, but they couldn't because of like TJ didn't turn 18 in time. And they probably wouldn't have enough poor points, anyways, back in, in IW. But mm-hmm. they were like always talking about playing. And now they get to play together. And it's a great, like, it's awesome. Like, I really want to see them succeed. And for me, it's a lot on TJ's shoulders. I, I think he has to get back to a better form, and he cannot have another year like he did last year, because he's very talented. And it's like it's really not like that acceptable to, to me. Because, but a player with that much talent, obviously something's going wrong with the team if you can't bring it out. Because he is really gifted. Uh, yeah. That's kind of my thoughts on TJ. So who's who's next for you? Uh, yeah, Bant um, for the ultra. I mean, we've we've talked about it in the past. Um, I mean, if you asked most fans uh, who on the Ultra would you pick to be their weakest link, most would say Bance. And um, I know we've sort of picked on his performances at times, um, but there, there are a lot of key pieces and features that Bance brings to the Ultra and teams in general. Um, one, you know, his better leadership, his in-game leading ability, because I mean, when we listened to the comms last year from the Ultra, it was Bance that was the one who was calling out majority of the time that was directing all the players where to go and... Um, you know, that can't be understated. Uh, when he was at his best last year was when he was, you know, able to utilize the M4 more 
And we saw in that uh, series when he had the XM4 in his hand, good God, he was frying. Um, and that's something you don't usually expect from him to slay out with those kind of numbers and respawn. Because um, I think predominantly he's been the second sub from what I could see in scrims unless they switched roles. If he can perform like that on a consistent basis and respawn, that sets Ultra up for um, a very interesting year. Because I believe that their SD play will pick it up. Um, they've always been historically a strong SD team going back to last year. And with the players on their team, um, at least Cam and Kleenex, they've been historically very strong in, in SD. If they can play consistently in respawn and the hard points like they have been, um, they'll be a lot stronger than we initially predicted. And I think a lot of that's going to be on guys like Zinni and a guy like Vance. Because if Vance can continue to play like that, um, I think the ceiling for the Ultra is a lot higher than I would have anticipated early on. Yeah, it's a good pick. It's going to be fun to watch him play this weekend. Uh, so for me, I got Skump, the king. I think uh, a lot of eyes are on uh, yep, a lot of eyes are on, on Optic Chicago and for a lot of good reasons. And there's been a lot of speculation before the season started with Dashi. How is he going to fit? Yada, yada, yada. You know, Formal's hitting IW for maybe... You got envoys like nasty and it's like really good at search. You have all this talk, and I feel like Scump is is kind of like not being talked about as much, which isn't really like I mean, because of how talented the team is, it's not that surprising, I guess you could say. But it's Scump, like he when he's playing at his best, the team is going to be really good because they're already that talented. So if he can hit a form, he hit a bit last year. There was a period of time where he was really good last year, and even like champs. Black Ops Four, yeah, champs, right, yeah. Uh, even in Black Ops 4, late, later in the year again, he was he was hot. He started playing well. I th- I want to see it early this year. I think we're going to see it early this year. And from what I've seen so far, he looks really good in this game. And so my eyes are going to be on, a lot on Skump because I just think that like he's the king. He's he's driven. He's motivated. And I want to see a payoff. And I like the team. And I think like if he hits, if he and Formal like both hit the form that they used to be able to hit, this seems going to be really really hard to beat. Because you're not going to get inconsistent performances out of Envoy. It's just not going to happen. He's not going to have that many bad maps, you know. And like Dashie's going to be great in, in most game modes as well. So if like the kind of the old guard guard of Optic can, can step up here, it's weird calling them the old guard because I feel like like Krim and Karma were always the old guard. But yeah. anyways, but like these guys now are now the old guys on the team. So if they can, you know, uh, step up and, and consistently play well, then this team's going to be really good. And uh, I, I I don't know. I'm excited to see some play this year. Basically, yeah, no, I think I think Scump. I mean, TTP. Everyone, everyone will be interested to see them. Um, yeah, you know, again, this is the first time we see them in four v four since World War Two, which was their worst Call of Duty. But they're reinvigorated. They've been <laughs> there's some other things. Yeah, yeah, other other circumstances that took place. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I think Scump's a good pick. Um, you know, he was looking very very strong under the Hundred Thieves. I haven't watched enough scrims from him to know how well he's playing individually, but I mean, yeah. the team overall has looked quite strong, so that's good to see. Uh, my next player I want to look at is um, Fire. You know, I, I really liked uh, Fire. Uh, you know, we, we talked about him. Um, we actually talked, uh, you know, had a podcast with him back in September um, talking about, you know, the, the potential of being a sub for our league team. And lo and behold, he's now playing and starting on the Paris Legion. And he's looked very strong. Uh, I believe he's playing a flex, or he was, um, when they were playing their kickoff match. And he looked very strong. Uh, let me just pull up the stats uh, from that matchup. And it's a good role for him. Looked, yeah, I think it's a good role for him. I think, you know, it sort of suits him because he wasn't necessarily 
Um, I know you talked about this. He wasn't necessarily like a very aggressive aggro kind of player. You know, he 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 knew when to like slow down his pace, be patient. Um, yeah, yeah, twenty-two and twenty in the hard point. Yeah, the S and D, he went seven and seven. Control twenty-one and nineteen. Thirty-one and twenty-six in the hard point. And then the last S and D nine and three. So he was he was just going off the entire series. Um, and, and really was the backbone of the Paris Legion team. And I think they're, I mean, the the reason I feel like many people look at Paris as like a sleeper team, I think fire is a, a big key to that. It's how he's going to be able to play. Um, and the one thing I think that separates fire from a lot of the rookies um, is his ability to, to take feedback and criticism. I mean, keep in mind, this guy played with Haggy and loved playing with Haggy um, yep. through his time in the rookie uh, or this time in the challenger scene last year. And he noted how often he took feedback and took criticism and utilized it to, to help him be better. And I feel like players like that that are able to take that kind of criticism can only improve their game. And so I can only imagine in the time he's been able to scrim with uh, with these guys and take feedback from guys like Aqua and Classic and even Scraps that he, he's only improved. And uh, I think he, you know he he's definitely going to have his bid for Rookie of the Year. So going to be interesting to see how his campaign uh, starts out. Yeah, yeah. After speaking to him, like I, I we got to root for him, right? Like he's just oh, like yeah, the humblest easily. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be fun to see him, see him play. Uh, but for me, my next pick is gonna be Attach, uh, Dylan Attach. He was, I want to say, like a top five, top ten player the past couple of Call of Duties in a row. But he kind of gets overlooked because the teams he's on are not always performing that well, and. He, yeah, I guess because of that, right? Like, you don't get to see him be the MVP because they're not winning enough, and you don't get to see him, you don't get to talk about him as much because the teams aren't doing quite as well. But individually, he has been very good, and I want to see it continue this year. And I'm actually excited. I think, like, this Minnesota team, I know people are going to say it's like the Friendship League and yada, 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 yeah. but they're actually built pretty well for this meta. Like, I do like it. It's a nice for a 2AR meta. You can, you know, run a couple players on flex and I don't think it really hinders them too much having to not having like a fast because Priest could play any role, right? You give you give Priest any gun, he can play it. So I'm not too concerned about them having like an entry sub or whatever. Uh, but if you want to have like a inform attach sub slayer, like doing his thing on the map, you know, with the, with the SMG, then I think this team could it could really really open up for this team because you got to have Lamar doing his thing with the AR, right? Like I think like his impact is going to be huge for this team more so than it was maybe in 5v5 games because it's just harder to have as much of an individual impact when there's five players on the map i think mm-hmm. that like for him and this in this team especially if he really really dominates and goes off then i think that's what's going to get them above the edge and help them to win respawns uh and because yeah like we said before the sd is gonna be fine i'm not worried about that it's just like respawns they, they seem to be a little bit slow but if he can speed up and, and kind of really take control of games and because he can't do that he can't take over games we've seen it before like last year we saw a bunch of times where all of a sudden attach just starts going on a spree i'm like i want to see that attach again and i'm looking forward to seeing that and yeah on that team especially i I think my eyes are mostly on him and how he plays because i do think it's a step up from last year uh team wise so and they won a cup last year right so i think that my expectation for them is winning at least one cup this year and a lot of this could be on attach and i want to see him play well yeah, uh, but who do you have next? Yes, no, I agree. Um, Attach will definitely be an interesting player, and he was, he was quite, I think, underrated in Modern Warfare yeah. in many aspects. But um, Apathy is the next player I want to talk about. Um, everyone loves App. I don't think he's 
there, there's a person who hates apathy. He's a really likable awesome. guy on the scene. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things um, last year obviously was a pretty horrendous season for him um, and for everyone on that Seattle Surge team. Although I felt like at the beginning of the season, um, it kind of went under the radar because of how the rest of the season went. But at the beginning of the season, he looked quite strong as a, as a sub player. I really liked the way he was playing. He looked like one of the better subs, honestly, in the first opening event in the first couple of weeks that the season was going on. And we saw it in the kickoff classic. He looks like back to the same old app. He was uh, frying as per usual, uh, you know, stats. Um, he had 20 and 16 in the hard point. Uh, you went negative one by one in the SD control. He had 30. I didn't even realize he had 39 kills in the control. Good God. Damn. He was frying. Uh, obviously, people will say it's against seattle and yes it is against <laughs> seattle but still as a sub player that is pretty impressive he had nine kills in the snd in which they won um it's tough because he, he's going to be on a team like lag and their their matchups are against phase which don't Jeez. predict the one against that and then paris which i really don't favor them either i think they'll win that one and they looked as one of the worst teams um from all the chatter i mean they were ranked uh I believe by Crone, if I'm not mistaken, uh, somewhere close to like the last or second last. Um, so again, it's going to be interesting to see how Apathy perform because if it can keep up the level, maybe they're able to steal a series here and there. And that's the thing, even with him performing as well as he is, they're only barely just beating the arguably the worst team in the league. So um, it'll be tough and interesting to see how he performs in this sort of setting. But um, I'm really curious to see if he can keep it up because, in my opinion, um, if I'm a team that needs sub pressure and that is looking, you know, to the future, looking to the season, next season, and wants to trade for a guy that, you know, could, you know, impact my team, I feel like a guy like Apathy would be, you know, a perfect candidate in that, uh, in that sense. Yeah, and also, like, just one more uh, thing on App, too. Like, when he was in War II, Arden's Force, SD, like he had a couple of different double-digit games in that in that mode, and I really liked watching him play Arden's Force SD. I thought he played it really well. He would like pull out of pressure mid map and really open up the map for his team. And I think like when Apps at his best, it's also when he's pretty sitting in the surge as well, because he, he's going to do well on respawn. Like he's he, he might have a bad map here and there, but relatively speaking, he should be pretty consistent in respawn. But it's when he's taking over SD games and having those kind that kind of impact. That's when I love him. Like I love watching App play. And if he can hit that kind of form in SD this year with a guy like Vivid alongside him, I think like they have the potential to be a really good SD team. And like Yas said, then you got to just focus on stealing a respawn. But yeah, it's going to be a, a difficult year for them for sure. But if he, if he can hit that form and search and they can become like almost like the Toronto that he had last year, right? If he can kind of hit that kind of form, that'd be interesting to see. Uh, but that takes us to Neptune as the last player to watch. And we kind of talk, talked about earlier, Yas mentioned like, all the eyes are going to be on him because of the crim stuff and the movement and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but uh, but also more going forwards for that as well. You got to remember he's also taking Havoc's spot, right? So yeah, Havoc is one of my favorite players and he has been for a while. I liked him on Gen G. I liked him before that on EG with with Study in the, the good old days. Um, but he's always been a really good search player, and I don't know how good Neptune is at search. I haven't seen enough of it. I don't know if he really grinded it in Black Ops 4. Apparently he did. I'm not really sure. But I'm really going to be looking for him in Surge specifically because I think in Respawn with his like crazy-ass movement and his, uh, his gun skills also not bad at all with, with that kind of stuff, 
I think he'll be fine in respawn. I don't think he'll be that bad. It's, for me, it's more in search. I want to see how he plays it. I want to see how he gets good reads. And actually, that reminds me of um, Garrison S&D when he's playing in the AM scene with... Uh, I forget who was on the team right now, but um, he was playing in, in uh, Gary S&D map, and he was in a 1v2, and you could tell his teammates were trying to tell him like what to do. And Neptune, like, he did a really good job, I thought, of of like listening to his teammates and what they were telling him to do, but also like kind of figuring out his own play in the midst of that. So he's in a one v two and he ends up playing it perfectly well. Plays it patiently with the, he has a bomb down, doesn't like check the bomb before he has to check it. Gets a kill, gets away, then repeats it. Like that one round to me, this like spoke volumes to him as a player because it means that he has decent instincts in SMD, but could also like receive feedback and not crumble under pressure. And on a team like Florida. I think that he's going to have to kind of make a lot of those kind of plays and listen to Slack. And I think if he does that, we'll see a really good Neptune. And I'm excited to see him play. And yeah, I just want to see him play in search for sure. Mm -hmm. That kind of rounds out our players to watch. And um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good action this weekend. So make sure you guys tune in. And uh, we're going to wrap up a little bit with some thoughts on the M scene. So there's been the Elite series that just kicked off recently. And we'll do a more... Like in depth video, maybe when the Elite Series is over, or you know, some kind of halfway mark. Uh, yeah. But from what we've seen so far in Europe, uh, Orglis looks really good after dropping Dave. It's very strange. I don't yeah. think we expected that at all. But they're playing really well with Harry, and um, yeah, it's just like weird. And also, like 3G, like they have inconsistent maps, but when they have like a really good map, I just wanted to shout out Aroma for a second because wow, like when, when he's on, he's on. Um, we gotta get more consistent and hope Fuji can get there but it's been fun watching him play and then also Nolson's been great um, but who, who stood out for you yeah, so far? Yeah, no, I mean um, the EU scene in general uh, actually just one quick thing I wanted to say um, is uh, you know you, we got announced the uh, the casters and broadcasters for the late series and uh, oh, sure, obviously yeah. a lot of new faces um, a lot of familiar faces obviously happy to see guys like Infinity and I old shift obviously there um, you know Ellen was one of the, the new people in um as we see, you look at the chat, and you know, you can tell she doesn't necessarily have the same amount of knowledge as um, you know the other casters with regards to the scene. But you know, it is her first cast. You know, you got to give her you know time to improve. You know, we saw like people like Katie, who's a beloved you know person on the CDL. You know, she wasn't perfect at the start. No one really is. You know, so you know, just give her time to improve. Um, but moving on to regarding the EU scene, I mean, it's sort of, um, I mean, we knew it was going to be close between all the teams, um, given how it has, you know, sort of been that way throughout the cups. Uh, one thing I didn't expect was how it started to be one in three after the first week. Yeah, man. Um, you know, they lost a lot of SNDs. I think they went 0 and 4 on Oof. SND in day two. They didn't win a single one. They were, it, it seems like they're beating themselves at times. You know, they, they're, they're making themselves have, you know, bigger problems they need to they're pushing on the need uh, don't need to i think defrag was even mentioning it that you know he to be more patient in certain moments of the game we men didn't have some of the greatest maps at times and it sort of hurt them um when they don't have that ar pressure on, or ar presence on the map um you know at its fullest um and so them being one and three is a bit of a shock gangsters being three and one um, i mean it's it's a you know quite entertaining for them to be three and one obviously you honestly they could have been four and oh they kind of let go um in the, the series they lost the first day i believe it was uh two orglis or it might have been connect four i can't remember exactly which one it was um but they ended up losing two in a map five but they look very strong obviously paco has been our hydra has looked fantastic throughout yep. um 
good God, man, when he gets to CDL, it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, he's um, going to fry. He's going to ask. He's going to be something else. Singularity, um, again, their struggles have sort of you know, kept on being a thing. Like we talked about, will Singularity move up from where they were in the last cup or will they revert back to the Singularity of old? And it's sort of the one of old. Like they've been in close in all these matches, don't get me wrong, but they failed to close them out. And that's why they're only one in three. Now, the thing is, with there being, I, I'm still not 100% sure on how the format is, if it is just seven matches. Because um, if it is just seven matches, they're in a tough spot uh, being in second or de- second to last. They are one in three, meaning they have three matches left. And, and uh, you know, best case scenario, they're four and three, and they're probably within that top six. Worst case scenario, um, they're you know getting relegated and they don't want to be in that position with teams like Emptid and other strong teams in EU on, on the rise. So um, again, EU seems really interesting. NA hasn't exactly finished up yet, but I think we can sort of comfortably say our top three is Wester, New York Subliners Academy, and then UT Crew mm-hmm. in that order. Although as I say that, uh, currently uh, BBG is up 2-0 against New York Subliners Academy. So, wow, good job, you know, Penta. There, All right. There, there's something there, but... Um, yeah, that's sort of where we leave the AM scene at the time. Yeah, and as it develops, we'll keep posting stuff on our Twitter regarding the AM scene, and then yeah. we'll do a video at some point. Um, I, think but... once, I think once the major like happens yeah, okay. for the elite season, then we get that. We can uh, sort of start talking about that, because that'll be sure. more entertaining. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up our thoughts this podcast. So I uh, hope you guys are excited for the matches are back. CDL is fully back. There's no more like kickoff classic oh, awesome preseason. We're actually, we're actually back. It's exciting. It's fun. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And uh, just the only thing I want, let's see if you can like wish on Cod Gods, right? Just I just don't want any tech issues. I want like a nice weekend where no one stay leaves tuned. a game. <laughs> what is that? Stay tuned. Just stay tuned. No, no, stay tuned. No, please. I just, that's the only thing I wish. I just don't want anybody to like out mid map. I don't want to have any of those kind of issues. We have to decide like a rap fix a decision. I just want like clean weekend. Just like a no audio problems. I can hear Mark and David's said, beautiful if voices. If there's audio problems, Seth jinked us. Okay. I did. I jinked. <laughs> well, no, it's it's the con God's fault. I prayed to them. If they don't deliver, it's their fault. All right. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, it's going to wrap up our podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, stay tuned for the next one. See you.